This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Monday, the 4th of March. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Keith Kam and Wong Xiaoning. We're going to kickstart the week with a look at how global markets closed last Friday. Uh, it was quite a rally on Wall Street on Friday. The Dow Jones was up 0.2%. The S&P 500 was up 0.8%. The Nasdaq was up 1.1%, which is a new all-time high. Earlier in the day in Asia, Japan's Nikkei was up 1.9%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng was up 0.5%. Shanghai's Composite was up 0.4%. Uh, in Southeast Asia, Singapore was down 0.2%. And back home, the FBM KLCI was down 0.9% at 1,538 points. So for some insights on where markets could be heading this week, we have on the line with us Tina Tang, Independent Markets Analyst. Tina, good morning. Thank you for joining us. So as mentioned, the Nasdaq uh, reached all-time highs uh, last Friday. The S&P also uh, powered to another record high, breaking through the 5,100 points resistance level. Why is upward momentum on U.S. equities so strong, despite slowing consumer sentiment and confidence in the economy? Well, I think um, uh, they're just uh, uh, old saying that bad news are good news because uh, the weak economic data actually encourages the Fed to um sooner uh end is rate high cycle wow. uh which just boosts the consumer uh, which boosted the investment sentiment um and also there's ai frenzy still ongoing we can some like nvidia's earnings was very, very strong it's blew away uh, market expectation that's why i see this uh, uh the tech led rally actually is still continue to bail out the global markets Tina, where do you expect the key indices like the S&P 500 and NASDAQ uh, to, to trade this week? Uh, I think um, right now, because uh, the record breaking months, like especially in February, now it's beginning of the March, as market sentiments are now more cautious. Uh, this week, when you look ahead, the uh, uh, Fed pause testimony, uh, I think there's a pivotal event for the global markets and that there is a risk for a pullback uh, if the Fed and other central banks are not paving the ways for uh, a sooner a red card cycle. So like my, uh, Shazana said, right, Nasdaq 100 jumped, reached all-time high. It's jumped up ne- nearly 1.5% at close on Friday's trading driven very much by NVIDIA. So apart from the tech sector, what are the other sectors perhaps that you think are going to be the next big thing? So at the moment, we can see that the signal of the energy price climbing up. I do see there is potential in the energy sector. So that's a sector that I'm looking at. Uh, and secondly, uh, because they're growing a uh, risk for the recessionary uh, expectations. So uh, I don't think like a defensive sector like uh, healthcare or consumer stables are the good sector that we uh, could look at. Can we take a look at what's happening over in China? Because Chinese equities are also showing signs of a rebound. Uh, the CSI 300 is up 11% over the previous month. What's driving this nascent rally? Well, I think... Um, so this year, uh, we can see signs of the Chinese government boosting uh, the economy 
through more stimulus measures like they lower the mortgage rates last month. Uh, and also uh, there's action that stoned uh, the state-backed funds. Um, they're buying into the exchange-traded funds. Uh, in the same time, they uh, there are measures including tightening regulatory restrictions uh, restrictions on its quant trading industry. So this combination of factors that uh, boil up China's market at the moment. And Tina, the 14 National People's Congress is set to take place this week. Are you expecting any key announcements? I do expect that there, uh, there will be policy that uh, focus on uh, to address the property issues and also um, need to bolster this uh, weak consumer demand. So there's uh, the two issue that uh, China is challenging. Um, so I, I don't think that if there are positive measures to uh, be announced, then uh, we could see the further uh, rally on the Chinese markets. And Tina, if we zoom into our part of the world, Southeast Asian equity markets, they, they are lagging behind the US and China's. Uh, Singapore's STI is down nearly 3% year to date. When when do you think regional stocks might start to play catch up? Well, I think uh, they could mirror like uh, sector performance in the US markets. You see there's uh, like um, uh, big market caps, major like uh, global indexes are climbing up. But at uh, the same time that uh, uh, you see the smaller caps in the US market in sector performance, at the same time, the regional markets actually are not as strong as the mainstream markets. I think there should be some improvement. Other, uh, there will be a materialized economic rebound in China, and there will be a, a confirm from central banks that those stock cutting rates and the macro improvement could be out the regional markets. And Tina, sector-wise, is there are there any uh, sectors that actually jump out at you to to you know uh, to, to to say that they might be doing well to lead the way. Sorry, do you mean the regional market? A regional market, Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, you can see like at the moment, all the markets actually following the U.S. market Wall Street movement. There's a tech sector, so there's AI led rally is happening globally. So tech sector is always something you should look at. At the same time, I think uh, just the um, sectors like uh, banks, energy, uh, you need to look at in the regional market as well. Uh, those sectors are probably undervalued and sounds could potentially to uh, flow into the, these sectors. Tina, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Tina Tang, independent market analyst, giving us her take on some of the trends that uh, she sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Can we turn our attention to um, something that I think could be, how to say, determine, that could determine where oil markets are headed moving forward is the announcement coming out of OPEC+. Plus. Uh, They are going to extend their oil supply cutbacks to the middle of the year in a move to avert a global surplus and also shore up prices. Uh, So these curbs amount to roughly 2 million barrels a day on paper. Um, And uh, don't forget that these cuts are pretty much being driven by Saudi Arabia, uh, which accounts for about half of that pledged reduction. These latest output curbs, which deepen reductions made last year, will be returned gradually subject to market conditions after the second quarter. Uh, Russia, meanwhile, has also pledged to focus, has pledged to focus more on cuts to production than, than exports. In April, Russia's cut 
cut will comprise 350,000 barrels a day of output and 121,000 barrels from exports. And in May, it will increase to 400,000. Uh, exports will see fewer cuts at 71,000 a day. In June, the curbs will come from production only. Okay, so traders and analysts did expect this extension. They saw it as necessary because there's been a seasonal halal in the world's fuel consumption. Bear in mind, global economy is slowing down, right? And there was soaring production from several of OPEC's plus rivals, notably the United States, thanks to their shale. So an uncertain economic outlook in China is also adding to this cut. Now, ample supplies has also anchored international oil prices near $80 a barrel this year. The question is, what does Riyadh and Russia want? And they need oil to be above $90 a barrel because, as we know, Saudi Arabia is embarking on a very aggressive, ambitious economic transformation that requires that it's going to span like futuristic cities and sports tournaments and it needs billions of that. And this is according to Fitch Ratings. So it's in their interest to cut oil, keep oil prices high, have enough money to fund all these programs. So right. I think this is the outcome. Now, this morning, Brent crude, 83 US dollars, almost $84 a barrel already on a year-to-date basis up 9%. So these cuts are somewhat achieving their goals. Well, if you take a look at um, how the production of Saudi Arabia contrasts with last year, they're actually producing 2 million barrels per day less than they did in October 2022. Sorry, that's two years ago, right? And in January, they dropped plans to expand their daily oil production capacity by 2027. That was seen as a major policy reversal. So I think they are uh, seeing the uncertainty in the outlook and putting on hold plans uh, to expand their oil production. I think they very much still hinge on this uh, sector of the economy uh, to drive their plans forward, as you said, Shani. And like you were, you were saying also, I mean, Saudi Arabia is really ramping up. Uh, they've, they've launched a bit to a bit for the uh, World Cup in 2034, I believe, and that was done over the weekend with, uh, with an impressive film and movie and branding, and they are really going all out for it. That's when you tell the whole world, <laughs> I have arrived, right? I am here, notice me. And probably Qatar winning the World Cup a few years ago go is probably like, oh, we want to do it too. All right. Uh, but let's turn our attention over to China because we have some results coming out last week, at the end of last week, uh, for Chinese corporates. Baidu's revenue for the fourth quarter ended December 2023 grew 6% on year to 35 billion yuan, fueled by gains from AI applications and expanded advertising business. Online, it's online marketing, the business that makes the most revenue for China's largest internet search engine, also reported revenue that had expanded 6% to 19.2 billion yuan. Revenue from Baidu's pivotal cloud arm grew 11% to 5.7 billion in the quarter, but net income plunged 48% to 2.6 billion yuan, which came mainly from a loss from equity accounting for preferred shares. Okay, so this stock, if I look at the one that is listed in Hong Kong, it's actually down close to 13% on a year-to-date basis. But let me tell you, it's still a darling. There are 33 buys, two holes, no sells. It closed on a Friday, Hong Kong dollar, 101 and 20 cents. Target price as high as 156.63. I guess it's a lack of choice in China when you want to play the technology theme. This mm. is one, I suppose, one clear, obvious winner, potential winner. Hopefully. All right, 7.18 in the morning. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back to cover more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.